Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of Malachim Bet, the second book of Kings. We are at chapter 16. In chapter 15, we left off these... Um, well, we read about the, the story of the descent of, of the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom, into complete um, chaos... Uh, we learned that it was a, time, a good time. It was a time when the power of Assyria was was muted. Be, uh, you know, it was first it was first growing on the scene. It wasn't yet threatening Israel, although it was looming on the horizon as the Assyrian Empire gained more and more confidence. Aram had been removed from the scene as an enemy, and it was a time. We read about the time of Yeravam of Jeroboam the second. Uh, under which there was a tremendous amount of prosperity, uh, you know, with no major threatening powers. The people became wealthy and peaceful. However, they didn't use that time for good. Rather, they used that time to, to worsen their corruption, their, their decadence, and, and, um, and it just descended into chaos, eventually one king after another killing the other one, and so on and so forth. And then we, we mentioned uh, briefly, we turned at the end of chapter 15 to the king of Israel, Yotam, the, the son of Uziyahu, or, uh, you know, uh, or Azariah, depending on the, the name is either one. Those two kings who were faithful to God, but um, not particularly remarkable, um, uh, but they were faithful to God. Uh, although they did not remove the bamot, the high places where people would sacrifice, they were worshiping God, but there was the sacrifices outside the temple were continuing. <coughs> but overall, uh, the assessment, at least in the Book of Kings, were that those two kings were, were good. Now, uh, at this time in history, uh, and we left it off with the kingdom of Ahaz. Ahaz now becomes king. Yotam passes away, and Ahaz becomes the king of Yehuda. At this time, the king in in, uh, in the northern kingdom is Pekach ben Ramaliyahu, who came to power in a coup. So here we have, you know, he was one of the coups that we read about before. So, during the 17th year of the reign of Pekach in the Israelite kingdom, Molach Achaz ben Yotam, Melach Yehuda. That was when Achaz, the son of Yotam, rose to the throne of Judah and became king of Judah. Now Ahaz ben Esrim Shana Ahaz b'Macho. He was twenty years old when he became king. V'sheish Esrei Shana Malach b'Yerushalayim. He ruled for sixteen years in Jerusalem. V'lo asah hayashar be'enei Adonai Elohav k'David Aviv. But he did not do what was proper in the eyes of God, as his forefather David had been. And we were about to read that it wasn't just that he didn't do good, but he was quite an um, evil and corrupted king, uh, but we're about to read of that in a moment. But I do want to paint a picture here because the political scene is important, and I also want to remind you that we had read of the encounter between Ahaz and Yeshayahu, Isaiah, who was the prophet, who was the prophet in, in Judah at this time. Uh, when we studied the book of Isaiah, uh, we, we learned of the political advice that the prophet had given Ahaz and how Ahaz uh, did not heed that advice at all. So let's just remember, let's paint the scene here. 
the, the Assyria is becoming more and more militant and it is starting to grow and conquer more and more lands. So that's growing. It's a growing menace to the north coming out of Assyria, north, uh, I guess, northeast, right? And coming from uh, approximately where modern-day Iraq is. And the menace is growing and the smaller kingdoms, so those would be the kingdoms of Aram, which has already which has fallen under Syria, but then also the kingdoms of, um, of Tyre, for example, the kingdoms of the Edomites, which is to the southeast, the kingdoms of the, the, the Philistines, who are still in that area, um, in where, in where the Philistines area is, roughly where modern-day Gaza is, um, and, uh, the, the, and, of course, the kingdoms of Israel and Judah, um, so all of these kingdoms were th- being threatened by the advance of Assyria. Those kingdoms, the, the, their only strategy that made sense to them was to band together and create a vast alliance to counter the influence of Assyria. And to do that would require all of the small kingdoms in the area to ally themselves together and, and thus act as a defense against the encroaching Assyrian uh, power. Now, uh, the, the Ahaz for, was, had a different uh, thing in mind. So Pekach ben Rumal Yahu and the other kings were trying to band together and create this alliance. However, Judah, under the leadership of Ahaz, Ahaz had this tremendous affinity for Assyrian culture. He looked at Assyria's power and he's fig- he thought to himself, we should ally ourselves with Assyria, right? And if we become like them uh, and live like them and ally them- ourselves militarily and politically with them, that would be the best course of action for us here in Jerusalem. And understanding that, that, um, that approach of Ahaz helps us understand how aggressively he he wanted to get rid of all of what made Judah special, all of what made Judah independent, the entire, most specifically the religion and culture. So he wanted to destroy Judaism, right? Destroy the, the, the worship of the one God and, and, and adopt the ways of the Assyrians and those other nations that had already been engulfed by the Assyrian Empire and thus assure the security of his kingdom. So... Understanding that background, now this was very much against the advice of the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, as we studied in the book of Isaiah, advised Ahaz strongly to remain independent, not to worry about this, this, the uh, alliance of kings against him, the smaller kings, right? Uh, and, and not to ally himself, themselves with Assyria for two basic reasons Ishayahu gave in the book of Isaiah, which were number one, they're not a reliable ally because even though you ally yourselves with them now, right, they're going to come and destroy those other kingdoms and eventually they're going to come and destroy you despite all of your, your attempts at being like them and joining them and allying yourselves with them. Eventually, they're, and, and history had pro- proved Isaiah to be completely correct. In other words, your alliance with them, you think it's going to help you, but it's not going to help you. People like them are not going to ever... Um, uh, you know, be reliable allies. They're going to turn against you too. Once they start getting hungrier and hungrier, 
and greedier and greedier and conquer more and more, eventually they're going to turn against you too. Which is, of course, what happened in a big way during the life of Ahaz's son, Chizkiyahu, or Hezekiah, which we're going to get to. And second of all, you know, because you need to stay faithful to God. You know, obviously, you know, the, the throwing out everything that Judah stands for, everything that makes Judah special, is not the path. You know, just being acting like the Assyrians. But Ahaz, of course, did not listen to Isaiah at all, as we shall see. So let's do verse number three, understanding this. Uh, this what I just described. So Vayelach Baderach Macha Israel. He went in, in other words, spiritually he went in the very bad path of the kings of Israel. In other words, he worshipped idols. He did not stay faithful to God. It was so bad that he even sacrificed his son in flames. In the same way as the abominations of those nations that God had had gotten rid of those nations in the face of the Israelites when the people of Israel came to the land of Israel. God God rid the land of those nations that practiced such awful things, which eventually idol worship leads to sacrifice, in other words, to appease the gods, and eventually one comes to sacrifice his or her most valuable and most precious thing, which is their child. That is the ultimate end uh, result of taking that terrible path. And the hint being given here that, that Ahaz was so bad that he was as bad as the nations that God got rid of in order to establish the people of Israel. In other words, the entire moral journey of the people of Israel has now co- turned completely backwards and on its head so that they're not even worthy of the land. That's the hint that one would get in, from this verse in, in verse 3. Verse 4, and he went and he, and he sacrificed and he brought incense on the high places, and in the hills, and under every uh, you know, leafy green tree. So now, Ritzin, the king of Aram, which had been subdued right, by Assyria, but not yet fully conquered by Assyria, so Ritzin and Pekach ben Ramaliyahu and Pekach the the son of Ramaliyahu, Melch Yisrael, the king of Israel. Those are two of the smaller kings that are trying to create this alliance against Assyria. And because Ahaz refused to join them, they wanted to forcibly remove Ahaz from the kingdom, from the kingship, and replace him with a loyal king, so that the kingdom of Judah would then join them in their alliance. So they went up against Yerushalayim against Jerusalem at war and they uh, laid siege to uh, uh, over Ahaz you know, and his power in Jerusalem but they were not able to conquer him. So he at this time however despite the fact that they couldn't conquer him they did do significant damage to the Judah, uh, Judean kingdom they took Eilat, the port of Eilat, um, which is a very important uh, port, which we read about several times, uh, giving access to the sea and trade with Africa and so on. Um, the, the, uh, uh, that port was taken back from Judah by Aram. And they got rid of the people of Judah, the Judeans, from that place, Eilat. 
the Adomim ba'u Elat, and the people, the Edomites came to Elat, Vayeshvusham, and they settled there out of Hilmazet. So the Edomites came and took over that area in the south. Um, Vayishlach Achaz Malachim El Tiglat Peleser Melech Ashur Lemar. So Achaz, because he wanted to make, the way he felt he was going to save himself from this alliance of kings that he did not want to join, he'd rather, he went ahead and, and paid tribute to Tiglat Peleser, the king of Assyria, saying as follows, Abducha Uvincha Ani, I am your servant, I am your son, Alei come and save me, Mikaf Melech Aram, Mikaf Melech Yisrael HaKomim Save me from the king of Aram and the king of Israel who are coming up against me. So here he establishes himself and attempts to get favor from Tiglat Pileser, from the uh, king of Assyria, against these kings. And he took the silver and gold that was in the temple of God. And what he had stored in the storehouses, the treasure houses of the king. And he sent the king of Assyria a bribe. So he sent him money and all in order to get his help against his enemies. So he was suffering, he suffered losses, he lost a lot, he was under siege, so that's what he did. And the king of Assyria heeded his call, and he went to Damascus, and he captured Damascus. Remember, Damascus is the capital of Aram, uh, which is one of the allies of the kingdom of Israel, um, and one of the people who is laying siege to Jerusalem and attacking Jerusalem. So Assyria went and attacks Damascus. Uh, he captures it. And he, um, he, he exiled the people of Damascus to Kir, uh, some other place. Uh, this is uh, foreshadowing the Assyrian policy of exiling the, the peoples so that they cannot regroup and try to recreate their nation and then eventually be a possible source of, of rebellion. They just got rid of, exiled them, get rid of their national identity. As we see, unfortunately, they're going to do soon to the northern kingdom of Israel as well. And they killed Ritzin, the king of Aram. So here you have the king of Assyria doing this at the behest of, of the call of Judah to be an ally. And, uh, however, uh, you know, for the most part, they were doing this out of their own greed, their own desire to, to expand their empire. So the king Achaz went He went to Damascus to congratulate his new ally, right? And when he was there, he saw the Mizbeach, the altar that was in Damascus. Uh, presumably, this was a a, uh, a an, an Assyrian style, even though it was in Aram. The question here is, is this an Assyrian um, uh, altar or is this an altar that was placed by the, um, by the, the uh, as, I'm sorry, by the Arameans to their, to their God. So was this uh, a, a temple built to the God of Aram, the people that were just conquered, or to the God of Assyria? Presumably it was to the God of Assyria because... Um, that, that's what Aram wanted to cozy himself up to. And when he saw this Mizbeach, he really loved the way it looked. So, and, and he wanted to totally establish Jerusalem and Judah as 
completely subservient to Assyria. So in order to be subservient, he needs to adopt their religion and their practices and, and, and build altars that are similar in style to theirs. So the king Ahaz sent uh, a, a document, uh, with, you know, plans and pictures and diagrams so that Uriah, who was the high priest in Jerusalem, could fashion a mezbeach looking exactly like this Assyrian uh, uh, altar that was found in Damascus. Uh, and just to show how deep the corruption had went, the high priest himself went ahead and built the altar he built it exactly according to the instructions that Ahaz the king had sent him so that when the king Ahaz came back from Damascus the next verse 12 he saw the altar and he went and he sacrificed on this mezbeach and, and, and went up upon this altar to worship the god of Assyria. This is how bad it had gotten. By Akteret Olasoviet Minchaso, he he burned his um his ola, his burnt offering, and his uh, and his um, uh, grain offering. By Aseches Nisko, and he poured his wine. By Yisroch Etam Hashlamim Asherlo Alamzbeach, and the blood of the peace offerings, he he sprinkled onto that altar rather than the altar of God. It gets worse. The copper altar, which was in God's temple, which was the one meant to worship the one God, right? Right? He, um, he, he, he brought it from before the house. He moved it away, right, where it was standing between, uh, and, and, and uh, 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 it was standing but, you know, right in front of, 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 the, of the holy uh, portion. In other words, Mizbech is in the yard outside of the, of the, of the, of the, the holy room of the temple, the Heichal, where in which the menorah and the uh, altar of incense was. The Mizbech stands right outside that outside that door, now you have to look at a diagram of how the temple was laid out, if, if you're not familiar with that, but he moved it away, right, and he, um, pla- so he put it, so, so that the, his own altar was closer to the, misbe- to, the, to the entrance, so in other words, he pushed away the altar of God in order to replace it with his altar, this is what he did in the temple itself. And then he told the high priest as follows, Uriah as follows, on this big mizbeach, in other words, the new one, that's where you're going to bring the, the, the uh, carbonate from now on. That's where you're going to bring the sacrifices. These are listing all of the regular sacrifices, the morning sacrifice, the afternoon sacrifice, etc. And all of the... the Sacrifices that are brought by the people of the land, all of their grain offerings and their libations, and all of the blood ola, uh, the blood of, of, of burnt offerings, and the blood of peace offerings, all of Tizrok, you should spray on the Mizbeach, on the altar of uh, the Assyrian altar that I am putting in there. 
and the mizbeach and the altar of God, the copper mizbeach, I'm just going to leave that. Um, I'll visit it every once in a while. So we won't get rid of it. We'll put it on the side. And uh, I'll, I'll, but, but all those worships should now happen on this new altar. And Uriah, the high priest, did exactly as the king Ahaz had asked. So here you have the, um, the total capitulation of even the, the religious leadership, which should have been faithful to God, capitulation to Ahaz and his plan to Assyrianize everything about Judah, including idol worship within the temple itself. And in order to demonstrate the supremacy of Assyrian religion over Judean religion, he, he cut off the misgerot. Those are like um, um, borders, like decorative borders that are around the, the uh, kiyar, the, um, where the wash basin, right, which was decorated. So he took that off. And then the large basin of, of water, the large, which is called the Sea of Shlomo, of Solomon, that he had placed, which was a huge water source, right? And it was resting on, on, on oxen, right? On, on the metal um, statues of oxen. So these, these were, that were holding the, uh, the big yam. You can look back in the beginning of the first book of Kings to, for that description. Um, he took them off Me'al Habakar and Achoshes He took them off of the of the um, copper or bronze um, uh, 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 Bakar cattle that that were there holding it up, and he took it down in order to show the people that God's temple is being taken down. God's temple is no longer standing up in an honorable way, but we're putting it down. And he put it on just a bunch of stones. On a floor of stones, viet hashabot, and the viet musach hashabot, and the hashabot, right? The uh, there's a special passage like a uh, that was set for the Sabbath day, asher banu babayis, that was built in the house of the temple, an honorable place that was built where where they would go on on the Shabbat, viet muvoha melachachitzona, and the outer passageway through which the king would. Enter, he saved he um, he turned them so that now they faced instead of God's temple, they faced the king of Assyria. So in other words, bad stuff. Okay, here's Achaz doing all of this. All of the other things that Achaz did, if you want to read about them, go ahead and read the history books that describe the history of the kings of Judah. <coughs> So here we have Ahaz described as a, a king who basically sold out everything to the Assyrians. It's hard to imagine things getting worse in the southern kingdom. Now, Vayishkav Ahazim Avosav, Ahaz passed away, and Vayikaverim Avosav Bir David, he was buried with his, with, in the city of David with his forebears, with the previous kings. And Chizkiyahu Hezekiah, his son, became king after him. As we're going to see soon, Chizkiyot is going to restore the worship of God and rescue the king of Judah from what otherwise would have been probably a similar fate to the northern kingdom of Israel. If not for Hezekiah, which we're going to read about soon, um, the, nor- the southern kingdom would have descended into a, a very similar path. 
Uh, so Ahaz, obviously a bad king, a king that made an alliance with Syria, which, as foretold and as predicted by and as advised by Ishayahu, Isaiah, um, this alliance is not going to last very long because as soon as Assyria finishes conquering the smaller kings, the northern kingdom, uh, he's going to turn his attention to conquering Judah as well. And that will unfortunately be the invasion that Chizkiyahu, Hezekiah, is going to have to deal with in the years to come. In the meantime, as we said, Pekach ben Rumayahu is leading the northern kingdom. He's as corrupt as corrupt can be, and he's trying to assemble this alliance with all the other smaller kings against Assyria. And we are going to turn to the, um, to the uh, northern kingdom in the next chapter and the ultimate destruction of the northern kingdom of Israel by the Assyrians. Thank you so much for studying this together with me today, um, for studying chapter 16, a painful chapter, a difficult chapter, but important for us to learn and understand. Looking forward to studying chapter 17 and the rest of the book of Kings together. Have a wonderful day.